Hi, everybody. It's regular old Strauss. I'm here to kill the devil known as poverty. <laughs> I want everyone to know I do not prep Sardo on any of these intros. Nope. This is this is all you, man. There wasn't even a lead up to that, other than the fact that I happen to play Octopath Traveler, and I know you love Partuccio. I do. I I like him very much. You love He's this, fun. You love this goofy goofy cowboy man and his whole sh shebang anyway hello everyone <laughs> welcome to skeleton crew podcast i'm your host almighty strauss i'm here with of course the uncle death my co-host my skele brother from another mother what's up senpai how's it going uh, i don't know I i'm not calling you senpai i'm saying general senpai because that's that's a thing uncle death from let it anyway oh. anyway i was gonna be like general senpai jeez i should be wearing my dress uniform <laughs> boo. Nah, how, how's it going y'all boo I, i'm booing myself hi everyone today we are going to be unleashing the full brain worms in a small increment this it's, is it's here it, it is it, it is about time i am only slightly apologizing because now you have to know this is what we think about every other day of our lives. This is our lives, actually. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Sometimes we also think very deeply about cats. Yes, yes, we do. Or dogs. We like dogs Either too. one, really. Or both at yes. the same time. Like, we imagine that a dog and a cat are sitting together and they're just kind of, like, cuddling. It's it's good stuff. It's good stuff. We we like animals being friends. Friend animals are great. We also think about snakes and other animals. We're we're not very yes, picky. We... <laughs> crabs. All animals is good animals. Absolutely. I love rats. Rats? Yes. Rat. Crabs? Totally. Lobsters? Sometimes. Food? Uh, yeah. I don't really eat lobsters, so. I don't really either, but th that's that's because I'm I'm poor and and lobster's more of a uh, nobleman's meal. <laughs> oh, was it? <laughs> I guess the exact opposite. More importantly, I just don't like the taste of lobster. I live near Maine, so lobster's like not really expensive around here. See, you know, I'm I'm landlocked, so everything that comes out of the water is expensive here. Unless it's fresh water. Everything. Actually, everything yeah. is expensive here. I mean, everything's expensive every anywhere. But we're not going to talk about the economy right now. That's for a different podcast. Because you got to deal yes. with the brain worms. And we're just going to go right into this. We're not even going to have an intro segment this week. <laughs> because, oh, man. Because this might take actually an hour. So, I think we should start off by saying what we're talking about. Right, Sardo? Yes, yes, we should. <laughs> We are today talking about one of my our greatest loves in a different format, but we're talking about the game Wo Long, Fallen Dynasty. The new game by Team Ninja and Koei Tecmo about yeah, a, a weird character-created person fighting in the three early Three Kingdoms period of China. And, and I have to say, um, so this is... This is a double shot for, for, at least speaking for myself, because I have an unhealthy love for, for Three Kingdoms related media. I have an unhealthy love for the Soulsborne games. I'm, I'm bad at them, but I love them so much. I just, 
I love their aesthetic. I love just what they are. So this is this is this is not good for my brain. <laughs> and me, who basically can say the exact same thing, except I'm not terrible at them. The only real difference is, I guess, aptitude. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm real bad at video games. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uncle Death here would get beaten in eight rounds in most video games against me. I say most because there's probably some game you're probably better, better than me at. I could probably, like, really school you at Pong or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know about Pong, but, like, you might play, like, some rhythm games or something that you're better than me at. I don't know. Yeah. It's always hard to but, tell. Yes. But the point is... It's we're both giant nerds, and this game was designed for us. And in fairness, so was the other two games this team released, which was Neo's 1 and 2. Mm -hmm. But the difference is, this one's in, in a very specific other part of both our wheelhouse and what we're going to call Koei Tecmo's wheelhouse. Yes. For those who don't know, Koei Tecmo is the merger between the game companies of Koei and Tecmo. And Koei... Brought with it, it's one, two things it loves making games about. Samurai in the Sengoku period, er, era and uh, the Three Kingdoms era of China. Like, the Three Kingdoms, like, strategy games, they've been making that for, like, I don't know. Like, It's kind of 40... bread and butter. It's been... It, it's been since, the like, the 80s. <laughs> It's it's it has been literal decades. It's why there's fourteen of them, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, the, the, there is many, many, many. It's it's their thing. It's what they do. And instead of just talking about Dynasty Warriors in full, which is like our bread and butter specifically, that's coming. That is a threat. <laughs> this is a threat. <laughs> it's on the way. <laughs> this is the scout before the horde comes. <laughs> And trust me, when we say horde, we mean, oh no. It's it's going to be a lot. <laughs> it's it's going to be multiple episodes at one point. Yes, it is. But we're specifically talking about Well Long because it's like, oh, this is a fun little intersection of stuff that we like. Mm -hmm. That we don't usually get. Because, like, the first Neo was released in 2017, did very well. I liked it. I played it. Enjoyed Neo. Yes, I, I also played it. I also liked it quite a lot. Very good. Very very robust game. It it covered a historical figure that a lot of people don't really touch, which is kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Like it didn't it didn't really touch William Adams, who is a real person who was actually the white boy samurai, who. We can also make the joke, copied the black guy <laughs> as a, an American music joke. But that's more coincidental than anything. Yeah. It's just kind of funny. And then Neo <laughs> 2 was released a few years ago. Also really good. I think it was released like, not like right before COVID. Mm -hmm. Let me check that. I don't remember Neo 2 was released. Because I remember it coming out and then, like, like, playing a lot of it and then not a... Yeah, it came out March 12, 2020. So, like, literally the week before the whole entire world locked down. 
Oh, man. So, yeah, I spent like a week beating it. And then it was just like, well, I should have uh, taken my time. <laughs> Whoops. It's like really, really savor it. Should have really, well, because I thought I wasn't going to be able to play it that much because of work. And then I was suddenly out of work. <laughs> yeah. Irony, the irony is not lost on me. But we're not talking about Woe Long proper, not yet, because the day we're recording this, Woe Long would have just gotten released. Like, literally at midnight. So what we're going to do, and sorry you can agree with me on this or not, is we're really more going to discuss what we're expecting out of it and sort of what we hope for. Yes, that, that exactly. This is a... Um... This is yeah, just expectations. It's it's what we think we we might see. Just the the from the little the little tiny Costco size sample we've gotten with the with the demo. Or first bites from the first like couple hours of the game that I've played, which is I haven't played. I've only I'm like two passes back past where the demo stops, which is not very mm -hmm. far. And I'm just gonna yeah. tell you right now, Sardo, that first like one part that like where the demo picks up is like where the first demo was slightly different mm -hmm. and with a different boss, but basically the same thing. Okay. So, but basically what you do is you fight the yellow turbans for the first like four bosses and then you're done. God, they just keep coming back. <laughs> yeah. See, we know who, first off, we should probably tell you who the yellow turbans are. They were a peasant revolt, and they all wore yellow head stuff. <laughs> I I always remember, like, my favorite, oh, what's what's their name? It's the uh, author of Iron Widow. Oh, yeah. Uh, I forget what their I name is. I don't remember the, I, yeah, I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but but they, they are very cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they said, like, one of the jokes they made was every Chinese person can tell you what period of time uh period pieces from based on what uh on their hats <laughs> which in fairness you could kind of do with american history too now that oh, i think yes. about it like yeah okay are they wearing a cowboy hat okay it's the western or it's texas See, <laughs> one thing tf2 got especially right was the importance of hat absolutely but anyway so the thing is our our obsession with the Three Kingdoms has led us to knowing uh, too much. Far too much. I I am terrible at parties. You do not want me to corner you after <laughs> I've, I've gotten a little bit in me and I start talking about the Three Kingdoms. I'm basically the same way, but I don't need to be drunk for that to happen. You just have to hope the conversation doesn't go near there. Like, if you keep the conversation yeah. and one of my, the other things I'm horribly obsessed with, you'll be safe. But here, you can't escape if you press play unless you uh, press stop. Don't don't pause the episode. I, I know you're looking at that pause, but don't. going to be able to run away from it. It's, it's going to come up in a later episode anyway. You might yeah. as well just accept yeah. it now. Yeah, accept it now. This is, this is your onboarding segment of, oh God, why these two? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we're going to start off with this is a Souls-like. So it's going to be different from what we're used to. Because we're used to, like, Three Kingdoms games being very broad strokes. Yes. 
it's it's cutting a very wide swath across very very large periods of history because i think that the thing with dynasty warriors is that that covers long periods of time mm-hmm. it, it is the the life and death of like entire families and and several several generations and it's it's a lot to put so this, this is this is I think to put it in perspective, the usual story of the romance of the three kingdoms, which is what a lot of this stuff is based on. Anyway, the point that I'm trying to make is, is that when it, the story starts, usually historically with the meeting of Liu Bei and his sworn brothers, Guan Yu and Zhong Fei. Oh God, people are going to realize how much we know this because we're saying the name's potentially correctly i never figured and that liu out bay. liu bay is sort of the um he is the protagonist of our shonen anime if you will at, le at least from the the perspective of romance of the three kingdoms because the the dude who wrote that was um uh kind of a fanboy <laughs> and also from the area where he ruled which you know it, it's it's also a bit of propaganda not that that's a bad thing it's also confucian idealism of paying respects to the to the family slash he was a member of the imperial family very distantly related but still a member of it yeah and we need to mention for those who don't know the han dynasty is the important one <laughs> like in china if you were to a ask the average chinese person which dynasty in china is the one that's most important they will probably say the han likely so they i believe they if i remember correctly they ruled the longest i'm not 100 percent certain on that i need i would need to double check but more importantly like ethnically the majority of china is han chinese which would probably tell you how they feel about it mm -hmm. when you say that's what we are it, you could tell that the han dynasty is important and much like most dynasties, the Han fell to ruin in the usually in the most normal way of corruption, uh, bad choices, eunuchs being involved. Because for some reason, everyone keeps using eunuchs, despite the fact that there's always problems with eunuchs. <laughs> you know, it's my favorite thing, right, Sardo? Eunuchs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just love the fact that my, it's my favorite thing about Chinese history. It's like every dynasty falls and it's like eunuchs are involved. And you'd think after like the third time people would stop. That it's, it's, it's the Dinkelberg meme, but with eunuchs. <laughs> it's like, why do we keep bringing these? It's like, ah, oh man, I, you know, uh, all these eunuchs keep causing problems because... Without their sex organs, they decided that scheming for real power was the way to go. Why do they keep causing problems? Because <laughs> you... It's like, oh, you know, why... You know, this is the fifth eunuch rebellion we've had. What's going on? I just think they're neat. <laughs> but yes, so... The point is, like, in Romance of the Three Kingdoms, Liu Bei is historically the main character, sort of... Because the problem with a lot of romances, and this is, and when we say romance, we mean the classical sense of romance, as in it's an epic, yes. like, it, I don't think exaggerated, well, okay, the Romance of the Three Kingdoms is hilariously exaggerated, but 
I, Very much so. Zhuge Liang is a wizard, and he does wizard stuff. Somehow this and means the Shuhan don't win. <laughs> and he's not the only wizard. There are several wizards. <laughs> yeah. And that's not even counting, like, the three yellow turban brothers who absolutely also are wizards. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, three wizard brothers. What are the odds? <laughs> in fairness, in the case of uh, Wo Long, only two of them are wizards. One of them is a big beefy boy who hits people with a large mallet. Yes. And we appreciate this level of diversity. But going into Wo Long, like, this, that really, that entire diatribe should tell you exactly how bad this is going to get people. <laughs> but uh, the thing is, the Yellow Turban Rebellion is usually where this story starts. Because it's the first major moment of the Han Dynasty failing. It's the inciting incident. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's historically blamed as the cause of the fall, but a uh, proper historian be like, you don't have a peasant rebellion unless things are already going wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like, why Why are the peasants rebelling? Well, probably because things are kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so the point is, and then eventually it goes into country falls apart, a bunch of people start fighting each other, and then a lot of the people we're about to mention all die at some point. Yes. And their kids take over. And then it keeps going for another, like, 40 years. <laughs> Which leads to a very interesting question. Where do you think Wolong's going to end on the timeline? Um, you know, that's an excellent question. I'm not sure. What What's your guess? For those who have to understand, like, the Three Kings period starts in, like, the mid-late 2nd century, and it ends, like, middle-late third century so it's like over a hundred years passed before this whole sh just absolute chaos is finally finished and not even by the people that you think it's going to be ended by because my question the question really is is what is the best end point for a story like this especially if you want to do a sequel if it does well enough to yeah. have a sequel i would put it probably Somewhere around the death of Guan Yu. Yeah, I I would have to agree. I think that that's a good cutoff point. It's, you know... You get most of the, like, famous stuff that happens during this time period. Like, if you want to do a major set piece, half of that has already happened. Like... Yeah, like, for those who don't understand, like, like we said, the Three Kingdoms period is a long time and a lot of stuff happens that's very famous. But Strong, who's Guan Yu? That is a great question. We mentioned him already. Guan Yu is actually one of the most famous people from this time period. He is called the God of War and actually was deified. So he, unlike most people, he can actually claim that. <laughs> And he had a beautiful beard. That is the other thing he was known for, other than being, like, godly at fighting. Yeah. Is he no. had a really nice beard. And every, like, art artistic depiction of him, that beard is not, like, impressive. It goes, like, down, well, like, down his chest. And he's usually depicted as really tall. So oh, this is, like, dude. yeah, he's usually depicted as very tall, so therefore this beard is, like, at least two feet long. And it's gorgeous. Yeah, and it's like 
it looks like normal hair. It's like immaculate. It's it's silky and soft, and honestly, if I had a beard, I would feel very insecure looking at him. I I, I don't worry about it because I don't grow a full beard because it makes my head look like a basketball. <laughs> I have a very Fair round enough. head. I don't need to make it worse. But the point is, uh, the, we use the death of Guan Yu because that's sort of like the cutoff point for when like the story transfers from the age of like all these legendary heroes into the age of their kids and things just kind of go one of the problems with talking about the romance of the three kingdoms is that there comes a point where things just kind of stall out and it's just kind of waiting for things to end and the best way to put it is there's a lot of invasions by okay so there's three factions i should probably mention that first there's way in the north shu to the southwest and wu to the southeast and and if i if i may summarize all of these briefly go um, take, take your time with it so Shu, um, Shu is our our heroes, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, not actually, because there were actually a lot of very bad people in Shu, as there are in real life, in real factions with things. But um, Shu is typically the the focus point with a lot of this stuff. Um, it's Liu Bei and his sworn brothers and all their family and friends. Um, and then you have Wei, and Wei is typically seen as more morally gray, if not outright morally grimy, because um, Wei has Cao Cao, who was also a, a particularly esteemed figure, but uh, very, very ambitious and uh, ruthless. And Yes, go ahead, Strauss. And by ruthless, we mean, like, classically ruthless. I mean, if you're on his bad side, you will die. He, he was a girl boss. Cao Cao mm. had, had girl boss energies. He would gatekeep. He, gaslight and gatekeep. I don't, think he, um, I don't think he went to gatekeep. I think he would just go straight to murder. This is true. Yeah, he, he, wouldn't, he doesn't have time for gatekeeping. Gatekeeping um, requires, then, requires time. He does not have time. And then you have... Wu, which um, is typically the one that everybody ignores, which is a shame. <laughs> um, Wu had the, the Sun siblings, uh, Sun Jian, who was, um, I believe, a relative of... Um... Oh, the Art of War guy, uh, Sun Tzu. Yeah, Sun Tzu. They, they claim... That the Warring States period, not that, not the one we're talking about, a different one, the Autumn and Spring one. China has been around so long that there's several Warring States periods, and they have you're, to you're all have, have, you have to have different names for them when, when you get into, like, the double digits. <laughs> it's like, the, the, no, no, the, the other Warring States period. But yes, uh, Sun, Sun Jian, relative of Sun Tzu, um, uh, and who was the father of several of the, the Sun siblings who were famous. You have Sun Tzu, who was the little conqueror and was the successful sibling. Um, you have Sun Chuan, who was the fail son. and The uh, fail son who was somehow <laughs> successful for many years, the, the, relatively the, speaking. <laughs> the cringe fail son. Um, who did who, not die. 
who did not die. And then you have Sun Shangxiang, who was the girl <laughs> and married Liu Bei. And that marriage was a failure, by the way. They, they did not care much for each other. Don't let them lie it, to you. And there, there is there is a lot of propaganda about how, no, it was actually a very happy arranged marriage. They loved each other. No, they didn't. <laughs> no, there there is no statement in the original text of them even liking each other. It was a political marriage. She was way younger than him, probably. Yep. And she, the moment that, moment that alliance failed, she peaced out. <laughs> so, um... And and especially I and this is mostly um, my my experience with Dynasty Warriors informing this take, but um, Wu is basically family, 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 family. family. Sorry, I showed Sardo a video of a bunch of guys dressed like Vin Diesel's character in Fast and the Furious saying "family," and it's now something between us. It's gonna come up more than once. But it's it's that's Wu. Am I am I incorrect in saying that that is typically the, the no? Take that I they I, I want to make this about like in Dynasty Wars, which informs a lot of our sort of views on these characters and this time period. Wei is the evil, ambitious people who have gotten less and less evil with each installment. <laughs> Sometimes we like them. We like them. Well, no, the problem is is that. Koei Tecmo ran into the problem of they're the fun ones that everybody actually likes. Yes. Not that they're the most popular, but a lot of people like them because they were fun and they had some of the most fun characters. We will get there. Wu is the family one where because like they need to do something with these characters that even the book kind of ignores. Like when I say the death of Guan Yu and then a whole, then it's waiting for the end, most of that time is just Wu and Wei invading each other uselessly for, like, 50 years. There's some intense slap fights going on there. And then there's the, uh, the, the secret fourth faction that gets introduced later, um, Jin. Ah, uh, the kingdom of Jin. The ones who actually which... win, which is the funniest part about the whole thing is that all of this mess means nothing. None of the original heroes end up accomplishing anything. The winners is Suma Yi going, ha, 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 surprise, motherfucker. It's and me <laughs> and my kids. The romance of the three kingdoms is epitomized by that story about the Australian skater who, who won because everybody else fell over. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Like, it should be noted that once we're also summing up a lot of history towards the end, where eventually the soon family falls to infighting and loses to Jean. Shu falls, the Justice Boys, as I think we like to call them. The hero faction, you can't see the quotation marks, but just imagine my skeletal fingers going, heroes, uh, lose first, because of course they do. Course. because they're actually in the worst position like by default because like this the the kingdom of Wu's origin is mostly that they are southern chinese and they're doing it for southern china because even back in late antiquity southern china and northern china was always sort of different that's mm -hmm. why they existed and then 
Wei had like most of the resources in northern China. And so over here in like the shitty western part of China with mostly mountains is Shu being like, we'll win. We have got an enemy on our side. What do you mean we have no resources? We're gonna fade you can't this. run on benevolence. Yeah, you, sadly, you can't run on benevolence. Or saying you're gonna be benevolent. You, you can try, but you're not gonna get very far. Sadly, that's not how economics works. It also is not how it usually works, according to most economists, but that's a different problem. Yes. You're not accept economist. We see you. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, point is... Going into Wo Long, we're very informed by Dynasty Warriors' interpretation of a lot of these characters, which is not necessarily accurate to any real thing other than... Other than Dynasty Warriors. It's... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was trying to think of something, and I'm like, sometimes it's based in fact, and sometimes it's kind of sort of based in fact. Like... It's a little like having um it's it's like having your your historical knowledge informed by like like your knowledge of american history informed by knowing a lot about thomas jefferson from fake grand order <laughs> or like knowing a lot of your british history from like the canterbury tales yes where it's like <laughs> it's probably not legit but it's very much steeped in mythology, folklore, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So there's, like, real stuff there. These there's, people... There's actual... People. Yeah, there's real documentation and historical accounts. There's there's real primary sources. Because there's also... if there's one thing China was very good about, was writing about itself. <laughs> oh, they, they documented the fuck out of itself. In fact, it's, uh... The state of way is how we know about very early Japan. Did you know that? Yes, indeed. I mean, I you would be the one to know that. But fun I, fact, everyone. I do know. We know about the shaman, queen, priestess. We don't really know exactly because, well, a bunch of Chinese writers are like, I don't know how to describe this shit. <laughs> She's a shaman queen named Himiko. And that's how we know about Himiko because Sao P, yes, that is his name. Don't laugh. Was like, there's this landmass out here, and I want to know what the fuck's going on over here. And they were like, all right. <laughs> and so they did. And then they wrote about it. Gotta love And you. now we know. And now we know. So thank you, historians. Yeah. You sure you write about it in weird ways sometimes, Herodotus, but you know, it's uh, you gotta rely on somebody. The, the point is, yes. going into Woe Long, this whole intro sequence to Wo Long is just to basically state we have opinions <laughs> mm -hmm. and this is the first time we're playing like a Three Kingdoms game that is either not Dynasty Wars related or not RTS related in some capacity and is done yeah, more is... as like a dark fantasy thing it's, it's a very different beast and we could say that, like, so far, I think we both like it. Yes, I, I liked it very much. It was very fun. I'm very bad at it. Well, <laughs> you, you know what? That's okay. You don't have to be good at everything. <laughs> yes. 
But I I know for me, it's like so far we're in like the very early part of the, the timeline. There's this weird chi wizard girl. She's not based on anyone. She's just there. And that's also something you see quite a bit with a Three Kingdoms kind of media is that there there are lots of original characters. Even um, the original novels. The original novel had like people who didn't really exist kind of just show up or weren't Did relevant. you know? Um, and Strauss, you obviously know this, but uh, Diao Chan, uh, Lu Bu's of love interest, was not a real person. She was she was based on a composite of real people, yeah. but she herself was not a real person. One of the great four beauties of China is a fake. <laughs> as in not her beauty, as in the person. <laughs> she doesn't she doesn't exist. She did didn't exist. She's a fake. She's a lie. But we like her, so that's okay. She's exactly. not our favorite, but we like her. She she's a nice girl. Sometimes, depending on the interpretation. <laughs> The other thing, because this the Three Kingdoms Tales, not the book, has been around for well over a thousand years. Like, it's closer to 2,000-year-old than not. Has a lot of media on it from China and a lot of East Asia. It's a very important story. Sorry that you don't know about it. By the way, if you're a Game of Thrones fan and you hated how it ended, do the Three Kingdoms. It's the same thing, but even more extra. It's it's bonkers. Like there, there are so many layers to it, and you you cannot touch anything in this without something absolutely wild happening. It's it is so dense with stories. <laughs> there's so many stories. There's so many weird things that happen. There's a lot of mythology folklore it's interesting so going into wo long we're like it's going to include more of sort of chinese mythology the idea of chi like the the main bad guy is an evil chi wizard if you've seen jackie chan adventures it should be played by james hong agreed agreed and you should have and your your friendly chi wizard should be some guy called uncle yes <laughs> But Uncle it's was not. cool. We liked yeah. him. We, we like him. As after all, magic must defeat magic. And we're magic in this because of course we are. And several people are magic. Cool. Like, I think what's interesting so far is that in in the early parts of the game, in you run into Zhang Yu. No, not Zhang Yu. Zhao Yu. Uh, Zhao Yu, yes. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, wrong people. There's a lot of people with similar sounding names, and there's a lot of them, and we're not going to remember everyone at the right amount of times. <laughs> we have favorites. You will learn about them. Once again, this is a threat. <laughs> but You will learn whether you like it or not. <laughs> if you listen to this podcast long enough, you're going to learn all of our favorites, and you're going to be like, oh god, not again. <laughs> but I think what makes... Well, long interesting is that this is the first time that you have a character that you make interact with these characters and sort of how they are written is going to be interesting because we're used to dynasty warriors being sort of like the broad strokes of this time period of this people because you have to co they're covering like the whole thing basically they, start they have to a lot to talk about they have a lot to talk about and a lot of character and there's a lot of characters and they're all like are put down into archetypes like Zhang He. Zhang He was a famous general. 
How is he put in Dynasty Warriors? Um, he's the gay one. He fucking slays. And we love him. I, I we everybody loves him. I, I've I have not yet met one person who has anything negative to say about his yeah. character. Well, what one of the rare times where everyone just seems to like the interpretation of this character, of being this artsy gay weirdo who prances about. He's, he's he's Vega if Vega was like more of a theater kid. Yeah. The enemy has definitely camped. <laughs> Was the enemy camp pretty? <laughs> That's the Dynasty Warriors 3 dub. Look up that video. It's a classic. It's just so many. I'm sorry. I'm going to be sprinkling in a lot of Dynasty Warriors 3 dub bullshit. In the... because no, I can't help it's myself. worth it because uh, later in the game, like when you fight uh, Zhang Zhao, who is the leader of the, the Yellow Turbans, who really start off because he saw a vision of a yellow sky and it's like ah this is the future we must tear down the han and the han was like as you do yeah as you do once again peasant revolt and the han was like uh no stop and he's like no and then he was like i'm gonna do it it's like don't do it and then he did <laughs> and he was a taoist priest and therefore a wizard usually depicted as a wizard typically yeah by by default he is a wizard in most media and we love wizards so we're cool with it and so really uh, yes but no no go ahead <laughs> so really like that's where the game starts that's like the first i would say four hours of the game is dealing with that you do run into Cao uh, Cao and Sun Jiang, though they don't say it Cao Cao. They kind of go Chow Chow, which is... Okay, we're going to get into a bit of the name thing real quick. Quick tangent. We don't speak Mandarin. No. We no. do not speak the uh -huh. language. And how it's exactly pronounced depends on who you're asking when it comes to people in English, because it's not pronounced how it's spelled. <laughs> That's the first answer. <laughs> Yes. This has been a problem for ages because they've been in early Dynasty Warrior dubs. They call them Cow Cow because his name is spelled C-A-O-C-A-O. -C -A -O, and that is not right because I asked this. You'll like this. I, I had a friend of mine who took Chinese in college. Like that's what his degree is in. I asked him, how do you pronounce it? And it's just like, not like that. <laughs> it's it, usually the pronunciation we're most used to. It's. Cao Cao, which is sort of like the T-S sound you find in East Asia a lot. Like with tsunami. Mm -hmm. So people understand. So if you're like, is it, it's this or it's this, I, we don't know. Sometimes we know because I asked him like, shout out to my buddy B-Lo, by the way. And he, I asked him, it's like, was it really just a bunch of weirdo British guys just deciding this is how it's spelled? And he was like, yep. And I'm is like, that right? Yeah, it, so if you're wondering why Mandarin is ro roman romanized to that, it, blame the British. Thanks, British. Damn English people. <laughs> and their English yeah, ways. But, 
Yeah, but but neither of us are are experts on on the on the Chinese language or any of any of you know anything like the dialects or anything. So yeah. yeah. So there is a potential chance that if you were like, oh, it's like this, and we'll be like, we'll probably just nod our head and say, sure, we believe you. You can flash your shiny degree at us, and we'll just nod our heads like monkeys. There's there's a good chance you probably know a little more than we do. <laughs> At least on the language. We'll admit yeah. that. History, maybe, maybe not. Language, absolutely. But so far we yeah, so in Wolong, we we get introduced a little bit to some of the, the major players. You meet Liu Bei, Cao Cao and Sun Jiang very early. And these are sort of the three family patriarchs that kind of inform the rest of the factions. So it makes sense that they get introduced pretty quickly because they're kind of the three most important people here, at least to the story as a whole. I think that's a fair statement. No, it it is. They they definitely kind of set the the general scene for, for what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But, so, we are here look, looking at this stuff, and we're like, man, this is great. And so, from a storytelling standpoint, what I think we're looking for when it comes to talk, talking about this is sort of, how are they going to be different from Dynasty Warriors? Because the first thing that's interesting is that they kept the Dynasty Warrior color scheme, which is shoe yes. is green, way is blue, and the soon and Wu is red. I don't know why this is the case. It it just is. Sort of what happened. <laughs> I'm not sure how historically accurate those colors are. It was relatively accurate because you back then you'd use flags to tell you where the hell you are. It's like ah, that's our side. It has the blue flag, and the other side's like ah. That's the blue flag. We should get them. Go fight them. That's what you did. It's interesting. Yes. It's interesting, too, to see that there's there's some adherence to, I I think, some of the appearances. Because, like, I I could recognize some of these guys because they looked a little similar to how they did in Dynasty Warriors with their, like, design choices. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's interesting. I guess because this is the same company, therefore there's a lot of like, well, people who buy this would already know how we usually draw them anyways. Because this isn't right. like with Neo, where a lot of those interpretations were also the, sim- the same, but there's a lot of... that's To put this in perspective, the difference in amount of time between the two of them is like... By the time the Three Kingdoms period was considered ancient history, you still have, like, 500 more, like, 300 more years until we get to the Sengoku period. Right. So so by the time we get to the Sengoku period, there's a lot more documentation and, like, artists from the time period describing and drawing who these people looked like. Yeah. So, like, when we go to, like... The Sengoku period, a lot of the characters look the same across the board because we know what they look like, or at least have a better understanding of what they looked like. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas you go back then, it's so far back that like you kind of just have to go off of what people said. Yeah, you, you couldn't exactly take a picture of Liu Bei and his brothers. No, you couldn't. And if you were going to, and like, if you drew a picture from the time period, like, yeah, to hope the art style was like relatively realistic and also like that portrait survived over a thousand years. <laughs> and also did the person drawing it like Liu Bei? Which is true. Did, did they, did they think he was a cool dude or and, did they think he sucked? Or... Was he going for, like, a Confucianist thing where it's like, he's look, he's wise. He has giant earlobes. That's a thing. A lot of depictions of Liu yeah. Bei, he has long earlobes to show his purity and goodness. Because that's a thing. I don't know why that's a thing. I haven't figured that one out yet. I need to boy. look it up. He was a good boy. I'm sure, like, the actual Liu Bei was relatively cool by comparison to his peers. Which, you know what? Warlords are graded on a curve. With with some of those dudes, it's it's not hard to be better than them. <laughs> Zhang Zhuang, uh, looking at you, Zhang Fei. <laughs> uh, yes, one brother Zhang Fei, who don't look him up. If you like Dynasty Warrior Zhang Fei, don't look up Zhang Fei because you're going to be very disappointed. You see, and and I I will keep this brief. I actually think Dynasty Warrior Zhang Fei is like by by himself, isolated from any historical context. Dear fucking God, um, is is actually a fairly cool character like he's he's fun he's kind of the fun cringe fail of the of the three uh three brothers he's he's the loser in a fun way but he, he's the drunk uncle who isn't who's like really cool does cool things but not very successful <laughs> D- does not have his life together at all no but everyone Maybe. loves him because he's a good time brings the party and is a loving person the problem is yes. the real Zhang Fei was a drunk and not in the good way. <laughs> and a monster. He w- he was an absolute monster. Like most historical figures, the propaganda version is a lot more fun. Yeah, so that's that's all we'll say on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're not going to go any deeper because if we do, we're going to start this this converse, this episode is going to be very off the rails all the time. We we don't have time to unpack all that. Yeah. But the point we're trying to make is, is that we're curious, sort of like, is the writing going to be very similar? Like, some traits are going to be the same. Like, Zhang Fei is famous as a hothead, so he's going to be a hothead. He or- I already yeah. ran into him. He's a hothead. Mm-hmm. Guan Yu is the calm, temperamental one. Because that's just how he's normally depicted in across the media, because that's what he... Probably was to some extent. Right. It, it's I mean, one of you, those you, things. You you can't be like super good at war, I feel like, without kind of having it together a little bit. Yeah, it, it's, it's like with sports. You need to be calm, cool, collected so you can like make a good decision sometimes. <laughs> Not all the time. He's the patron saint of jocks. Yeah. Like, that's how it works. That's how it be sometimes. And then Liu Bei is is a little more, you know, I and and how they how they choose to represent Liu Bei and this is going to be interesting to me because I think how how media chooses to depict him says quite a bit about the story overall. Cuz he's it also says a lot about who's writing it. Yes. 
Because I think as you and I would both agree, like if he's depicted as a good guy, that's very like we're going the traditional route, mm-hmm. which is fine. We're not. Yeah. We're, we don't think that's a bad thing. You can make that interesting. We've right. seen it before, but like we're, we we still down. But if you sort of make him depicted as sort of a conflicted hero. That's also interesting. And I think they might go more the conflicted hero route with yeah, him here. Because, just because of the general tone. Yeah, not just the general tone, but like that first trailer, like and a, another big key to the writing is how they depict Cao Cao, because that's the key. Mm-hmm. If Cao Cao is depicted as a straight up villain, then we know where this is going. No matter what you do with Liu Bei, it's gonna we know where this is gonna end. Yeah. But so far he isn't in the tr- in the first, like, and last story trailer where he was shown, and I think it's the only trailer he was shown, he didn't, he was depicted as, like, not necessarily as the bad guy, or even, like, he was just another one of the many people fighting against the evil Chi wizard. I think that's, is, that's yeah. I think this is going to be the big key, is what is this evil wizard going to be doing? How, how much of a role does the wizard play? Yeah, because, like, one of the things in Neo, because Neo kind of did this already. The first Neo, you were playing as William Adams chasing Edward Kelly. Yes, that Edward Kelly. I think it was Edward Kelly. Or am I mixing him up with a different Edward? I'm trying to remember if no. the... No, it is Edward Kelly, but I'm trying to remember if there's yeah. an Australian bandit who was also named Edward Kelly. <laughs> I, I think you've got the right edward kelly <laughs> yes uh, edward kelly who was an agent of uh, queen elizabeth the first mm. and was trying to collect uh magic crystals in japan to fight the spanish armada yes that was the plot to the the villain plot to the first game of neo for those wondering like what what is the villain's plan i'm causing a bunch of violence so i can collect amarita crystals so we can beat the spanish armada kind of a wacky plot when you say it out loud i mean again as one does (laughs) yes as one does but what happens is like he's basically an evil wizard doing evil wizard shit the entire time and so he does evil wizard stuff yes and it manipulates to the infamous battle of sekigahara and you stop him that's kind of the point and you make sure that the Tokugawa win. Yay. Hooray. I mean, I don't know. We don't. I think in this case, we actually would reluctantly side with Iyasu in that case. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll probably pick whoever's fighting the evil wizard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the point is that's what the first one. So the question is, is this evil wizard, like, who is clearly the bad guy? Is he going to be, like, manipulating sides? Is he going to join different people? Because, like, in the... the He's the one who forces the boss fight against Zhang Jiao, who is just like, oh, no, we're losing. My brothers are dead. If And he's like, if you eat the thing, you'll become powerful enough to win. He's like, are you sure? It's like, yes, I trust me. <laughs> and then he eats the thing, and it's a boss fight. He turns into a giant monkey shaman. That that is that is an excellent evil wizard voice, by the way. I it's it's two steps away from my excellent Skeletor, which will happen one day. 
Not now. As it should be. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, he does evil wizard stuff. So the question is, is this guy going to like manipulate events so things happen? Or is he just like a part of something? That's the part we don't know yet. And that's sort of the curiosity yeah. we have because usually when we do Three Kingdoms media, like they just kind of play everything as it was to a certain extent. I think that's the best way to put it. Yes. Yeah, it's, it, it kind of follows the same general beats. Because, like, there's already enough drama in all this stuff because, well, there's one point in one translation of the book that I read where it's, like, surprisingly sassy. I said, you have a case of, in, of having Imperial Seal. And it, these books are sassier than you think. You think this yes. ancient Chinese literature wouldn't have a lot of sass, but it do. It, it 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 is surprisingly uh, sassy. Yeah, but the reason why we bring that up because usually a lot of this media just kind of plays the history as is, but now we have sort of this external force that isn't usually there. So that's why our real question is: Does this affect the plot in any way, or are we like, are we gonna be one of those characters that like fall like? I guess the way to put it is, in the original, like in Neo, things were manipulated behind the scenes, but they kind of just followed the history. Right. While we went off to do our own thing and occasionally check back in with, like, the politics at play, is it going to be like that? Or is it going to be like, this guy's going to manipulate the politics at play? And also, which one would you prefer? Hmm. It's a good question, because both of us, like, we're very used to this story. Yeah. And I feel like I mean, it's tough because on one hand, I one both is fine by by my standard. Yeah. I I don't have strong feelings either way. Yeah, it's like it's more of like I trust this team to make a good game and what I played of it I really liked. I like the deflect mechanic because it lets you play aggressively while being defensive. I enjoyed the deflect mechanic a lot. As somebody who doesn't lock on principle because that's the coward's way. As as um, someone who decided I'm not going to block and also not going to dodge, said Sardo. Yes, that, that is exactly how I roll. Uh, I will stand um, here and I, take it. I liked it a lot. It um, it was something that I could really incorporate into my play style well, and I thought it was cool. And what I like about it, it's sort of like with the counter, like the parry mechanic in Bloodborne, where it's like, oh, I can play and like a crazy person and succeed. And you feel really cool when it works. Absolutely. It's still something I'm getting used to because the timing is still a bit funky. I remember the first demo it was a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Like, they, I remember when I played the first demo, I like did the survey. I'm like, the deflect mechanic's cool, but it's the timing's really wonky and very, like, small. And it's like, if this is going to be your main new mechanic, it need, the, the timing needs to be a bit more open. So it's, you know, less punishing when you fuck up. Because <laughs> I, I only started getting, like, the timing of it, like, after dying to the first demo's boss, like, five times. And I feel like that's that's a fairly normal experience in these sort of games. I, and I'm not shocked that, like, after two demos, it got a lot better, because that's basically what happened with the original Neo. 
Because mm-hmm. the original Neo was the totally the same way. The first demo was like a cool idea that needed some work, and then they did, and it became a much better game. So I, I give a lot of credit to this team. Like they with with these these games, they have done a good job of kind of ironing out the the stuff that might not work as well with within the first couple of demos. Yeah, like that that was sort of the thing that I really liked. Like after like the first demo, like when I played the second demo, it was so much more fluid cuz like what they're going for is this idea of you're kind of playing a a wushu movie version of advanced to a certain degree and like so you want it to look cool. And, and it does look very cool. No, it looks great. One, one thing that, like, the Neo team was also really good at, this is Team Ninja, by the way, who also did the Ninja Gaiden games for people wondering where these people come from, mm-hmm. is that it looks cool. Like, the monsters look grotesque and evil of Chinese mythological creatures, so that's always fun. And thing I, I like about that, on, on that particular train of thought, is... Everything looks very grimy, but in a whimsical way, which I, I think is a fun combination. Yeah, it's like, it's a dirt and grime, but it's like the type of dirt and grime you get from like, oh, people are like in the fields fighting and they're like covered in dirt and blood and it's like, they look like badasses. Or more accurately, they look like Aragorn in, in The Lord of the Rings, where it's still somehow hot. That, precisely that. Remember, everyone, Viggo Mortensen looked his hottest when he was the most in pain. <laughs> I, I I love a man who's been rolled around in the dirt and had his little toe bones broken. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to have to have a Lord of the Rings episode, I know it. Oh, yeah, we are. Yeah. You know, that's uh, Return of the King's coming back to the theaters for its uh, 20th anniversary. Oh, dear God, I'm so old. <laughs> I know. It, it, both, like, yay and also, oh, God. But... Not as old as the Three Kingdoms period of China, <laughs> which is over two thousand, which is almost two thousand years old. And nobody's as old as that because that's not a realistic human lifespan. <laughs> no, it's not, unless you're some sort of chi wizard, or in that case, you're breaking the laws of nature, and that's usually bad. But you know, I mean, you've probably worked very hard to get there, so it's okay. <laughs> we respect. It. it depends. Are you using the good chi or the bad chi? Because they use like evil chi a lot in the dialogue and it's so inherently silly (laughs) but it's played straight so you don't mind it as much i guess is the best way to put it yeah i i i thought it worked fairly well like the the setting makes makes it pretty easy to to roll with i think the best way to put it is is that it's played straight in a way that's just so like it's one of those things where it, there's enough sincerity to it and mm-hmm. treatment of, like, this is actually what is happening that you don't feel bad. You don't giggle at it as much. You giggle at it a couple of times because they use it, like, twice in a sentence. Like, ah, this evil chi is causing horrible things to happen. It must be evil. I sense it. And, like, that's inherently goofy no matter how straight you play it and while it's, while it's acted. But, you know... That's more yeah. because you can have fun with it. And they're... It's just... It's just fun. 
it's it's nice to see them embrace it. I, I maybe maybe this is a a side effect of like so much cultural inundation of like you know winking at the camera, tongue in cheek kind of stuff over here in 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 the U.S. But it's nice. I like it. Yeah, I, I agree. But we'll probably talk more about that fact later on. But it's just nice to someone. It's just played straight. Like, no, an evil wizard did it, and now you have to stop the evil wizard, and the evil wizard is vaguely threatening. We have, you don't, I haven't seen a lot of him yet. So I can't. I I like him. His design's really cool. Oh, his design kicks ass. Like, Like, I I think, yeah. He has, like, kind of a bald head, and, like, long, wispy gray hair, and a big gray beard, and he's got, like, a weird, like, tattoo mark, and he's got weird eyes, and he's like, ah. Yeah, like, the first minute I saw him, like, this dude fucks. This is this is how you draw an evil chi wizard. The, it's like, I, this guy is evil, he is full of evil energies, and I like him. And, it, it, like, it, this was a thing in Neo 2 with its villains where, like, it, you could tell they were bad guys. They looked evil. And that's fine. You, you don't need these characters to look, at, like, you need the signifier so you know what to swing at when things get kind of dark. I only like my evil wizard characters written nuanced and morally gray. I mean, I do, but we also like just a generically evil wizard. <laughs> Yes. Actually, jokes on us and everyone else. We like both wizards. I want those wizards to kiss each other. Sometimes, not always. It's only sometimes. But we will say this. Um, I also want to say I like the new spell listing only because I can clearly tell what spells are what. This was a problem and you've you've seen the UI in Neo's one and two where it's like, here's a new spell. I'm like, okay, I unlock it via it's a scroll, so you don't know what it does or what it's attached to. And this time the spells are attached to like the five principles of chi of like earth, air, water, wood. And it's like, I can remember this. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is the water spells. These are the earth spells. These are, like, the wood spells. These are the fire spells. These are what they do. One beats the other. Okay, cool. Understand that. And they're in their own little part of the menu, finally, so I know what each one does. And I can quickly look them up. With Neo, I found myself a lot like, oh, cool, I learned a new spell. Ready to never use it because I don't know what the fuck it does. Yeah. That was a problem a lot in Neo, was that you kind of only used the spells you f- you understood, at least in our case. Mm-hmm. I mean, admittedly, when I play these games, I usually play a comb- uh, like a melee character because it's the easiest to do and easiest to set up, and I figure that out fairly quickly. Same. <laughs> but it's not that we don't like playing the wizards in these games. It's just that unlike Dark Souls, which is more medieval fantasy, so like the spells are usually pretty obvious what they do. Like, this one throws a fireball. Got it. That's the fire school. This one does faith casting. Okay, figure that out. This one fires weird energy bolts. That's the wizard spell. But Neo is like, this one fires water. This one fires wind. This one does, like, a a weird talisman thingy that causes your defense to go up. And this one causes your enemy to have heavier weight periodically. And it's just like... Once you figured it out, those were the spells that you used, but you didn't use half the spells. 
and let you do a backflip, but we're not going to tell you that. Yeah, sometimes they would let you do weird shit. But yeah, I, I think they've definitely, like, they've kind of tightened up the system, and it just, it's, it plays nice, it's easy to understand. <laughs> I mean, more also because, like, each one is in, like, its own tech tree mm -hmm. for each spell, so you can understand, like, oh, this is, like, this is the water list, so it's, like, shoots ice, it uses water, and it does, like, X, Y, and Z. I haven't dug too deep into it yet, but I've only played, like, like I said, only the first few hours, so I... I'm not super deep. I've had, like, the village portion. Which is, like, you eventually yeah. go to a chi wizard village where uh, there's one NPC who I swear to God was also in Wrath of the Righteous. It sounds like land. And I'm like, if this is, like, he says one word and I'm like, land? Is that you? I haven't no, seen you. I haven't seen you since we fought on Absalon. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it's Galerion. And uh, you haven't met Lan yet. You you will meet Lan eventually, but uh, y y I think you might like Lan. I think so. Yeah. But it's just like I I like I'm swear this is this guy because if it is, that means he's a Yu-Gi-Oh alum, which Wrath of the Righteous has so many of those, as in Hell more yeah. than two. <laughs> it's like th it's like three or four. It's a shocking amount, nice. as in more than two. <laughs> Just a, a stunning amount of, of former Yu-Gi-Oh's. I mean, it's like one character is played by the guy who played Joey Wheeler. Oh. One is uh, Duke Devlin, and it's I, I... not and it's not who you think it's going to be. By the way, oh, this is very exciting. <laughs> and one of them is uh, Lisa Ortiz, who I recognize her immediately all the time now. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so a little tangent there, and that's more for Sardo than for anyone else. Uh, the point is, it's, I think, really, like, I know we're going to like the game from a gameplay standpoint. The yeah. question we are asking ourselves going into this game is, what are they going to do with the setting in a much more sort of dark fantasy style? Because usually, like, Dynasty Warriors is goofy. It's inherently yes. tropey and comical and silly it's it's everything with a very intense cartoon filter applied to it which is fun and we like it usually sometimes we don't <laughs> more times than not we like yeah. it. it sometimes it depends on the entry yes <laughs> because uh, it, it, we'll talk more dynasty warriors proper one day because oh god that's like a 90 minute podcast in itself just our feelings on entries alone oh yes indeed we're, we're not ready for that conversation yet i mean, I mean and when no. i say we i mean the audience yeah you guys who are listening are not ready for this we definitely are ready for this we have okay a, so we're prepared yes go on so another question about wolong that's been sitting in the back of my mind because we haven't seen this guy yet. When are we going to get to see Lu Bu? You know, and he was in the trailers because if there's one thing Three Kingdoms Media understands is that Lu Bu is inherently a selling point. L Lu Bu is just... Lu Bu is the shadow the hedgehog of, of Three Kingdoms Media. Kind 
kind of, yeah. I mean, I would say more, not that or the Knuckles situation. Yes. Where it's like, he's a character. So Lu Bu is like the undisputed considered best warrior of the time period, who is also an incredibly impulsive idiot who does many bad decisions. <laughs> Lu Bu was a dumbass. Lu Bu was a dumbass, but he was a very powerful dumbass, which means he's very fun. And he's usually, yes. because one of the big parts of the early parts of the story is the conflict against a man named Dong Zhua, who was, took over the capital, took over the young emperor, and it was like, I'm just the worst. Nobody likes him. He's an evil me. bastard. He's an evil bastard. Nobody likes him. Everybody hates him. But everyone also wants his position. That's the key thing. He's what we refer to in the business as a heel. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's the ultimate heel. He gets a lot of heat, and he's, and he's fun. He's a fun, evil, bad guy with a big old beard and a big fat belly, usually, because he sits around being a glutton, because overeating is usually considered a sin, because not everyone had a lot to eat back in the day. So, yeah. How dare he? The nerve. The nerve of the man. But the point is, and he's like a hedonist, which is also usually not considered a good thing. And it's also probably not good for your health. Probably not. Fun, though. Very fun. Yeah. So we are basically looking at, like, we know they're going to show up. Like, you can't really tell, especially with where the story is. There's no way they're not showing up. So there's a question of, are we going to fight Lubu? Are we going to be, like, kind of sort of friends with him? We don't know. I, I think in a perfect world, we get both. I think we're going to get both, actually, because, like... It does feel like with the story that the main bad guy is this evil chi wizard riding around on a dragon that you had with you that he stole. Yeah. Which also, once again, back to Neo 1, which is basically how Neo 1 also started. <laughs> Only it wasn't a dragon, it was a weird water fairy. I forget what, I forget what kind of water fairy. It's a Celtic water fairy that William Adams had with him the entire a time. Kelpie? I, no, it's not a Kelpie. I don't think it's a Kelpie, because it's not a horse. Yeah. It's more like Probably a fish lady. Not. It's closer to a mermaid. Mm. And I'm not I'm not super well-versed in Celtic fairy lore, as well as I wish I was. I know too much about, like, other things. I can't fit, I can't fit it all in my skull. Fair enough. You can only fit it... <laughs> You've seen how my you've seen how my skull looks like, audience, from the thumbnails. I can only fit so much information in there. Yeah, it's just one skull. Yeah, it's just one skull, and Sardo can also only do the same. The same, yeah. But I I think the so having having kind of a a major antagonist in Wolong has made it interesting because it's kind of a unifying thing for a lot of dudes who would otherwise be fighting each other. Yeah, because, like, normally, with this story as it plays out, is that you go through the story as you as you do, and eventually, like, everyone splits apart because everyone's kind of vying for the same position as most powerful man in China. And, you know... I want to, uni I want to unify China under my name. Yeah. I want to be the guy in charge and screw you, everyone else. 
I'm the one who wants to be in charge. And that's like quite literally the 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 real life coalition against Dong Zhuo fell apart basically because everyone wanted to be the one who won. Right. And that's obviously not what happened. And Dong Zhuo was like, peace, motherfuckers. <laughs> and then he strokes his big old beard and runs away while everyone is arguing. <laughs> it's, it's, we couldn't agree. Yeah, we couldn't agree who was going to be, who was going to win. Who, who was going to put their name first on the group project? <laughs> Pretty much. And in fairness, like being the guy who... In, controlled one of the two largest empires on the planet at the time that's kind of a big deal it was a huge deal like we're we're we're, we're minimizing it a little bit we're, but we're minimizing like the two big empires were rome and this one and the han dynasty china so that give you an idea of how big these were they do know about each other yeah but that's sort of the thing that we're saying. It's like, we're we're making fun of it because it's like kind of goofy that that's basically what it was. It's all just high school. Oh, it is. It totally is. It's just high school. But, but... now that we have the... But as you said, Sardo, it's that we now have this weird unifying force here to go up against how does that change or not change things is something we don't know yet we are gonna probably once we both get deep enough into the game to like comment more we'll probably have like a closing thoughts podcast because mm -hmm. we're like oh this is what happened and we're like oh that's different oh that's interesting or eh, it wasn't very good but i liked playing it i'm well, gonna make my personal prediction for for how i think this is going to play out all right um I, I think there is going to be a degree of unity mm -hmm. um, in the beginning. I think there is going to be a little bit of, you know, working together to defeat the evil wizard. And then Cao Cao is going to pull a heal move. And he is going to decide that maybe he can he can get one up. He can, he can claw for some more power by screwing over the other faction somehow. And then it, it allows the evil wizard to get some up in a way and then he's like ah <laughs> and and you know because because Cao Cao had to be himself <laughs> Cao Cao has to be that bitch he has to be that bitch he's not here to make friends damn straight I here's what I think is going to happen what I think is going to happen is that number one the wizard's going to go to Dong Zhuo first because yes that that's the easiest next place he's going to go because Dong Zhuo is already evil. He's going to be like, ah, more power, you say. And then the yeah, wizard's going to be like, yeah, it's like, ah, evil chi. That sounds like fun. Because Dong Zhuo is the easiest, obvious. Like, if there's any one person who's the quote-unquote antagonist of the story, it's kind of Dong Zhuo. Because there's never been a depiction of him that's good. He's, he's the guy in a modern setting you could sell NFTs to, no question. Or he sells NFTs. Both. Yes. Both for sure. But basically, Dong Zhuo is the classic bad guy character. Like, it's usually Cao Cao towards the end because Dong Zhuo kind of dies unceremoniously in, like, the middle. So then it's going to end up in Lu Bu's hands. And then after that is going to be the fun part. Because that could go anywhere. 
yeah, it's because after after Lou Boo's out of the picture, who knows? Because like we both could be like, okay, it starts with the yellow turbans, then it goes to Dong Chua because duh, like he's the bad guy, bad guy, and the guy everybody hates getting the evil chi wizard is kind of the most obvious second part of this. Not that that's a bad thing. Being predictable is not bad. It's just how you play it is the important part. And then moving to Lu Bu because Lu Bu kills Dong Zhuo because once again, we said he was impulsive and we meant it. <laughs> Lu Bu had like four adopted dads and he murdered them all. I thought and, it was and, and that was history. <laughs> He had, like, three, four dads, and he killed at least three of them. Not not a great batting average. Well, unless you're batting for murder dads, and then it's a great batting average. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're right. It all depends. It depends. If, if he was going to murder dads, he absolutely batted at least three, 100% or, like, seven, 700, which is, you know, great. That's an incredible night out. If he was trying not to kill his dad, then he did a terrible job. <laughs> Depends on what he was going out to do. We don't know. He, unsurprisingly, the world's biggest jock uh, wasn't very famed for writing things down or listening to his <laughs> strategist. And and here I am physically restraining myself not to say anything. <laughs> I know. I knew. I I you can you know I'm being smug about it. I'm like I, you are baiting me. <laughs> I am baiting. I am I am being a key baiter and being like I'm putting this on the table. <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> not yet, because we know that's opening up a floodgate. That's a dangerous floodgate to open at, at on episode that, four. That that's a Japi level floodgate there, my friend. That that is like literally the Hoover Dam about to burst. It it will not it will not end well. <laughs> or it will. I don't but, know. Probably after the Hoover Dam. Though. But, but yeah, definitely I, I think we are going to see um Lubu doing some like fucked up evil chi things at some point here. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's just because that's like the easiest progression to go with. Our question isn't like where does he go from after the first few parts of the game? It's where he goes after Lubu is the real question. What what's your take, Strauss? We already got my prediction. Yeah. What's what's your take so on this? So I'm gonna go with a much more like wild one, and I think this evil chi wizard is just gonna kind of go around goading everybody. Ooh, like because our character is friends with these people, but he's not. Yeah. But they're not like. But they're like holed up clearly in this hub village because you haven't reached that part yet. But I have, and it's like so obvious. Mm -hmm. This is the hub. Like, the blacksmith you run into in the demo ends up there. Which, you know, that kind of says all you need to know about whether or not this is the hub section of the game. Yeah. So, it's like, okay. I think while we're off doing missions and stuff, we see, come back and they're like, You know, Tun Chuang, you should do this and ally with Liu Bei. <laughs> And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good idea. You know, because I think it, that's how I would do it. It's just that this guy, like, constantly is just causing problems. Yeah. Like, 
instead on of purpose. yeah on purpose like making this conflict last as long as possible which would be fun because that right. way every like all these major characters who have like their fans and people who really like them don't have to be like oh mine's the bad guy this time yeah like you know he's gonna twist like liu bei's idea of benevolence to the point of being like kind of weird so what if it was actually benevolent to murder people? Have you ever thought about that, Liu Bei? What if it was no. benevolent to take over Chen Do? Oh my god, he has a point. The people are suffering. You should go help them. I mean, that's just my guess. It could be anything. That That's why we're interested. Yeah. Because we just don't know. And this is kind of the first time we've seen the Three Kingdoms not played straight as, like, a historical text or as a slightly fantastical text. Like, this is straight-up fantasy. Yeah. And we're not used to that. Because for some I... reason, like, the Three Kings period is, like, both mythologized, but mythologized in a way where it's, like, a glorious moment filled with mighty heroes and great human beings, but not really fantastical. We're not going to give them actual magic, though. That'd just be weird. <laughs> so our hopes is that it's interesting and fun to play, and we'll find out. Yes. It, we'll probably have at some point in, like, probably towards the end of the month or early next month where we're like, all right, we beat well long, and here was our thoughts on it. And we're like, oh, that was really interesting. So Also... I, I can that. already say, um, just, just from what I have played of this game and what I have taken in of the general aesthetic, um, I want a sequel to this game so bad it makes my head explode because I want to see how they do Suma Yi. If he doesn't show up properly. If he doesn't show up in, in this one, because I I don't know, like I, I'm probably going to be wrong. I don't think he's going to show up in this. I don't know if they'd cover the bit of the story that he's in in this one. But if if that's not the case, I hope we get his I hope we get a second game because I want to see him because I know he's gonna look sick. <laughs> <laughs> and also, we might as well talk about that briefly. It's that one of the reasons why we also like this is because it's nice to see these characters in a non Dynasty Warrior context. Because the last time we did was like the Total War game that they made, which was yeah. fun to see them in like a more historical looking outfit instead of their usual like. Here's Dynasty Warriors. They're dressed like silly anime people. Sometimes. Each game is different. So sometimes the outfit's good. Sometimes the outfit is not. But I, I just, I, I love the cool general kind of like dark fantasy twist of Wolong. I, I think it's, I just, I like what they're doing with it. I I like the the kind of vision that they have. And Sumi is such a wild character in general, like historically too, just he's for those who don't know, Sumi was like one of the two most brilliant men at AK to be strategist during the time period and has a long running rivalry with Zhuge Liang, who was also super brilliant. And he's but he's like the evil one or yes, or at least the smarmy one. He's the mean one. Yeah, he he's the one who, if you asked him, can I copy your homework, instead of trying to help you like Zhuge Liang, he just leaves you on read. 
He's so evil. He's, he's, he's the one who's a dick and we love him because he is yes, a dick. Yes, he... He he is he is the Skeletor to um to Zhuge Liang's He Man. <laughs> I would say like Zhuge Liang's more of a Merlin, and then he's the. But that's beside the point, really. You you get what I mean? Yeah. A dyke. Oh no! <laughs> Once again, <laughs> the Dynasty Warriors three dub. Go watch any video on it. It is worth your time. It is hilarious. <laughs> And also historically absolute legend because this man allegedly like faked sick for multiple months at a time to get out of responsibilities. Legend. Legend. Absolute legend. We should all take a hint from him sometimes. The point, I agree. The point is like the designs look cool. We're like everyone looks pretty neat, but they're still like familiar because they're going with, I guess, like a dark fantasy twist on what we're used to from the dynasty yeah. warriors game. So we're like, our, our curiosity is where does it go and how much we're going to like that? Because we don't know. Yeah. We haven't played it enough yet. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested to, to see what your reaction to this is going to be, because I, I am probably going to, um, because I know my limits and I like to have fun. Um, I'm probably going to watch gameplay for a lot of this because i am historically not very good at these games but you you are better at these than i am so you're going to have a different experience and i'm looking forward to hearing your take on everything yeah no it, it's something gonna be interesting because like w one thing that colors my knowledge of like soulsborne stuff has always taught taught me i'm sorry soulsborne's shadow die twice in the elden ring <laughs> Did you know Discord? Did you know OBS has a pause button for recording? I had no idea. This is gonna help me edit. Ah, <laughs> oh, thanks OBS. Yeah, but anyway, point is, uh, as someone who has played a lot of Soulsborne Shadows Die in the Elden Ring, trying my best to fit all these games together. I hope you like it. <laughs> it's it's beautiful. Very good. Thank you. Is that like? how people perceive characters can be very fascinating because it could be on how a boss fight goes. Mm -hmm. Like people's reaction to them. So it's going to be curious to see how my reaction is like, Oh, this part really was annoying. Like I already know from just like my early playings of it, like the second human boss you fight, which is one of the Jung brothers. It's the, uh, from the end of the demo, it's the one who's, like, the one who's, like, the really spookily one. <laughs> was a pain <laughs> in the ass to, He was a pain in the ass to fight. <laughs> Only because he does the one thing I hate when people do is, and he, he warped around that arena all the time. And I'm like, get back here, you son of a bitch. <laughs> that is bastardly behavior. Yeah, it, it, that boss was bastardly. I didn't hate the boss. I was just really annoyed doing it. Which is not mm -hmm. the same as hating it. I want that to be clear. I, I Hating it is like, oh, I think this is bad. This is more of like, oh, stop it. <laughs> Get back here, you son of a bitch. Whereas like... Stop. Yeah. Whereas like fighting Zhang Jiao was actually kind of fun. Because he was a really large boss. He was like the really big boss. The first really big boss that you fight. Other than that boar. And, like, the boar wasn't that hard. I just discovered that if you get over-encumbered, it makes deflecting a lot harder. And that made that boss so much harder to fight. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing until I realized, like, wait a minute. I'm over the weight limit. 
let me try this again under the weight limit. So I'm like in the middle of the boss, like fussing with my inventory and I do it. I'm like, oh yeah, this is much easier. <laughs> oh, I was screwing myself over by wearing heavier armor. I see what I did yeah. wrong here. Empty your pockets before you fight a guy. Yeah. Whereas like fighting this boss was different because it uses a lot of magic, but it's also really big. It took me a few tries to get it, but then I got it. It's, you know, in the classic yeah. Soulsborne, like I learned its pattern. I understood what I needed to do. And then I got the run that, that I succeeded on. Very close on that one though. <laughs> I see. It, it, it was a close one because this, this game so far hasn't given me a lot of healing items so far mm -hmm. i'm only four but it, it will probably increase over time that's how these games usually play yeah but like i do think like we're our our closing thoughts on it are going to be interesting because you're going to go more probably from the story experience because i'm going to go from like the story and gameplay experience yeah and that's going to be fun and we're very curious on it i'm going to judge this game purely based on vibes because that's all i need <laughs> And that's fair. Sometimes all you need is vibes. And but I'm I'm. But so far, I think we like its vibe. It's good. It's good stuff so far. I think it's it's fun. It's it looks good. It's fun to play. I mean, what else do you really need? Um, I, according to the Steam reviews, better keyboard controls. <laughs> fair, fair enough. I um I have heard that this is a, another unspectacular Koei Tecmo port. Um, they they do not do very good with PC ports. Unfortunately, they, they are sadly not the only ones. This is an infamous yeah. thing. Both from like them and FromSoft have like a history of bad. Just not a lot of Japanese companies have a problem with PC ports over the years. Like the only one I would think has been pretty good about it is Sega. Yeah. Because they've been, like, hard pushing into the PC market, so they make sure it's actually a good port. Because I, like, I, Sega. I, I, I was, like, I was looking at, like, the, uh, like, Steam reviews, because I was, like, I, I, I forgot to pre-order the game, then I did. And I was, because I was, I'm going to be playing it on my PS5, because that makes sense. And I saw, yeah. like, the reviews on Steam were mostly negative. And, like, the top, all the reviews I saw were, like, positive until I got towards the bottom and everyone was complaining about the keyboard controls. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Fair enough. They suck. That's a problem. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, um, yeah, maybe a, um, a thumbs down in that regard. Yeah. But. It, play on a controller. Yeah, I, I played the demo on my PS4, and I I had fun. I didn't really have any problems Ooh. with it, so... I, I hope that if it is on PS4, then you can summon me to help. Yes, I, I think I, I might just have to do that when I get around to playing the actual game, yeah. so... <laughs> I, I don't know if that's how that works, but I I know that Elden Ring let you, like, cross-play PS4 to PS5. That's because I did that, but we'll see if it does for this one, too. Nice. Yeah. But anyway, folks, uh, I think that's it for the day. Uh, we're not going to do our usual reoccurring segment of what the hell you're watching because I, it hasn't really changed for either of us, I'm assuming. No, really, no, it's it's about the same as it's it's been since last and, time. And the one that we are saving is Sardo's retelling of Milf Manor to me <laughs> as I horrifyingly listen in the corner. <laughs> oh, God. Uh I, Strauss, I can say now with confidence, you are not ready for what I have to say. I'm about probably, I, I'm probably not, but that's why it's an episode. 
Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But uh, any uh, closing thoughts before we go? you have anything you want to say? Any interesting things? Um, nothing, nothing really. I am just, I am excited to, uh, to play more Woe Long. Uh, good, good game. And yeah, look, looking forward to what else it has to offer. What about yeah. you? Um, pretty much about the same. I'm excited to play more Woe Long. I need to play more yeah, Like a Dragon Ishin. And I also got to finish up Octopath Traveler 2. I'm like knee deep into both. I, I would like to say that all three of these companies releasing different games I want to play all within like a three like weeks of each other was really uncool. <laughs> would have loved a bit more spacing, guys. <laughs> the, like Ishin, nope, too bad. First Ishin was released, and then Octopath Traveler 2, and then Wo Long all came out like literally within a week of each other. <laughs> Like three weeks span, and it, it's like I try to get through as much as Ishin as possible. Should have known I wasn't going to beat it in a week because I got bogged down in exactly what you thought I got bogged down in. <laughs> uh, all the side stuff, uh, Octopath Traveler two, all the grinding is it makes it very hard to sometimes do it. I got to like raise up some people's levels, and now Wo Long's out. Luckily, I'm going to be out of town next weekend so me and octopath traveler 2 are going to be best friends on an airplane for a while well i'm looking forward to to more of your take on it it's gonna be good yeah. i'll i'll have a closing remarks on that when i finally get to whatever the hell the end when the credits play i don't know when that is Fabulous. i will find out in the meantime this is uh Strauss and sardo signing out bye bye uh you can find us on twitter at all at Almighty Strauss and at Autopsy Garland. Mm-hmm. Sorrow has sometimes posts art there. Yes, oh, I I am trying there, to post art a little. There more is often. one thing we want to say. Well, long fun character creator. Yes, a very robust character yeah. creator. Very good. Um, we, we we didn't mention we, it. We're I I feel like that's it's not that important, but it's fun. If you're looking for a good character creator, this one has all the bells and whistles. It's something that Neo did very well. It's mm. something that that Wo Long has done especially yeah. well too. It, it, it's just nice to have like enough hairstyles, so you don't have to be stuck with like the Dynasty Warriors like five hairstyles that they have. <laughs> yeah. They're not all. They're not bad. It's just that you like you start running out of numbers. <laughs> but you really do. Yeah. But anyway, the point is. You can find us at All Maestras or Autopsy Garlands or Uncle Death for Sardo on uh, Twitch when you ever decide to finally get back on to streaming. I understand you can do... You're going to be picking up Yakuza Ishin very soon. Awesome. And I'm at All Maestras on every social media platform that let me have it. <laughs> Which it's is, your brand. Yeah, I, I, apparently I have a brand. I created a brand for myself, except... YouTube, where I'm, don't post there. I post these on the podcast one. Yes. And uh, yeah, so I hope you all have a good evening. This is uh, Strauss and Sardo saying bye bye. And uh, if you want to play Wo Long, go play it. It's out now. You should. It, it looks fun. I've been having fun with it. Sardo likes it. That means it must be at least some kind of good. Obviously. Good night, everyone. Or good day. I don't know when you're listening to this. Have a good one.